Welcome to the Nittany Gritty. I am John Sauber. He is Tim Frazier, and you are listening to episode three of the Nittany Gritty. Hello, and welcome to the Nittany Gritty, brought to you by Beyond the Big Ten. I am John Sauber, Penn State men's basketball writer at the Center Daily Times. I am joined, as always, by Penn State legend Tim Frazier. And uh, Tim, it's it's been a busy week for you. Yeah, John, you know, it's crazy. On top of, uh, you know, obviously watching Penn State get a big, huge win against Ohio State this past weekend, I ended up moving to Greece, coming back into Greece um, to play again after, you know, seven long months off. Um, so, obviously, if you if I my internet is a little choppy, you can just blame it on the Greece internet. <laughs> <laughs> how's it How's it feel to get back on the court? Though I know it's been a while for you because of the injury. oh man, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been good. Man, I had the injury, um, torn tendon in my foot, so it was a long time coming back. And you know, I, it's it's strange. The last time I did that was in Penn State. The last time I had a, a you know a significant injury, so it was kind of brought it back to. You know, my senior year at Penn State, how much, you know, you have to learn how to do all, being in a booth and learn all those things all over again. So it was definitely like reminiscing of, of the things that I went through. And, I'm, you know, thankfully, then, you know, I've already been through it. So I kind of knew the steps of what was going on and I was able to get back healthy and played yesterday and played um, pain free. So obviously that's just um, a blessing and thankful for that. Yeah, we love to hear that. But you, uh, you mentioned it, Penn State on Saturday with a win that I don't know that uh, we expected. We did a pregame show, and there was a lot of smack talk that wasn't coming from you uh, about you know the, uh, the some of the past matchups. And it looked like Saturday was a nice little bit of revenge for Penn State, uh, trying to trying to get you some justice from ET. I'm telling you, man. I talked to Evan, and I told him he knew too. Like coming into the Bryce Jordan Center on a Saturday almost finals, you know, the team is, you know, they had lost five games in a row, man. I'm sure Ohio State had a big game against someone, I think, in Cal- UCLA the next game. Yeah, UCLA so the Saturday. Mm-hmm. So they're they're looking past Penn State. And I, and I told it, these are the games that, you know, we end up as Penn State and any lines, we somehow find ways to win. You know, obviously a lot of times it's based on who's de- desperate enough and who's in tune and locked in at the game at hand. And obviously you could see that at Penn State was locked in at the game at hand, at least at the end of the game. Well, and it is funny, like for this, this win is is really strange when you think about a week earlier, they had that massive loss mm-hmm. that we talked about a bunch. Uh, and if you had told me coming out of all of that, they would be uh, six and five, right? Like I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. But the way it happened doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Like losing to number three yeah. to 30 and beating number 24 a week later is uh, on the same court too. It's not like, you know, the Bucknell game was away and mm-hmm. the Ohio State game uh, was at home. It was it was really strange. And so that was it was one of those things. I actually asked Mike Rhodes about this after the game, like what changed in a week? And he talked about like, some of the embarrassment that they felt after losing yeah. Bucknell and all that stuff and like how they kind of rebounded from that. I'm curious when you, I'm sure you've had bad losses in your career. Everyone has, especially when you've played as long as you have, what is that next game back? We're well, not even next game back. What is it like to finally get back on track when you go through a rough stretch like that? Cause we talked about it. This was, you know, five losses in a row. It wasn't just one. Yeah. It's five in a row and they get a massive win to end it. Um, I think, like I said, uh, when we talked about it in the pregame show and even before that, you know, all it takes is one. And, and now you just how it, it can just how it can happen in a negative way with a, uh, the snowball effect of a one loss trickling, making them five. This one win can turn into five wins in a row as well. So that's kind of like 
the mindset that I've that we had that I had when I every time I, we had tough losses or a bad loss because you know it's the game of basketball is winning if you're gonna win some you're gonna lose some um and now that you have the one big win like which is the the win which is the next game that you gotta carry that on and move on into the next and try to get as many as you can from there until obviously you might hit another bump in the road i, I think you and i both can say i don't think this team is going to go undefeated from here on out but uh, it, it, it would be nice for them to, to run on a streak right now and get a couple wins to, underneath their belt because now they know they're capable to be able to hang with some of the top one of the top teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, spoiler alert: I don't think anybody in the country's going undefeated from here on out. Uh, yeah. It's just w- one of those years, and you know we've seen Penn State has been a little up and down this year, especially. But I think you kind of nailed it, right? They need this to turn into more than one. Uh, and and the way they won on Saturday should give fans and should give the team some hope that they can turn it into more than one, right? Like they finally started hitting shots from deep. We had talked about in the past, like that they just weren't making enough threes. Um, you know, they to shoot forty one point seven percent from deep is like massive for them because it's not like Ohio State wasn't hitting shots too. They shot forty two point three percent from deep on 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 two more attempts than Penn State had. Uh, but for Penn State to make those shots and kind of get some confidence. Because you talk about a guy like Leo Boyle, who you know said after the game he had never been in a shooting slump that bad in his career, right? And then to come mm-hmm. out and make four or five from three, uh, Tamarco Dunn makes two of four, Zach Hicks makes two of four. Your two best guards in Kanye Clary and Ace Baldwin don't have the best games offensively, right? Like they combined for twenty eight points on twenty eight shots. That's not the the best efficiency in the world, but they did enough when when the team needed them and. For a guy like Ace Baldwin, we we talked about him a lot last week, right? Like about, about how Penn State needed a better version of him on and off the court. Uh, they needed him to be the Ace Baldwin that was at VCU. For him to shoot a three uh, in a big moment like that and hit it is, I think, pretty massive and I think can do a lot to turn a guy's confidence and allow him to kind of feel comfortable at Penn State. Uh, yeah, it's huge. You know, to be able to, you know, have the confidence to even take that shot, knowing that you, you weren't shooting the ball well throughout the game and, but you know your team needed it for, you know, if you got to be put ahead and you have the confidence to shoot it, man, that's tremendous. Because there are a lot of guys that aren't built like that. And it just shows that his confidence and what he's done and the work that he's put in, you know, was sitting in his mind. He's like, you know, I'm, I can make this shot. I know I didn't make it earlier, but I'm going to make this shot when it counts. And I know I'm sure, I know I've done it when you sit in those huddles and you're telling your teammates, you know, I got you. I'm going to make this. I'm telling you, we're going to win this game. And I'm sure that's how he felt, especially taking that shot, knowing that hey, he had the confidence that that shot was going to go in. I will give praises to the others as well. Like we talk about Ace and we talk about Kanye Clary, you know, obviously the guys that take most of the shots, but you look at this, this game specifically, we got, I think it's four or five players in double figures and you add Ace at nine points as well. So like guys, it, it was contributed all around. And I think that's what helped us win because if we look at the previous, it's been one or two guys and then everybody else kind of just down and trying to figure out their role and get, you know, get on the board. But to have five, five guys in double figures, you know, scoring 10 plus or more. I think that was huge for the team to be able to be be successful. Because like you said, those two guys, the guys that took the most shots, man, they took a lot of shots and they didn't really make them. And, you know, but to have somebody, those others to be able to rely on and keep them in the game to the point to where Aix can make that big shot when he needed to be able to get um, to, to get the lead. 
Yeah, no, and I, I think you mentioned you know the, those other guys. I mentioned O'Boyle already, but Demarco Dunn mm-hmm. is one of those guys. We talk about Puff Johnson a lot coming from North Carolina. Demarco came from North Carolina too, right? He's younger. Yeah. He was a four star recruit, had the hype and everything, and it kind of wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't working, but it wasn't as seamless. I think early when when he started at Penn State, uh, this could be one of those games that gets him going too. Uh, you mentioned the double figures. He has sixteen points. I believe that was a career mm-hmm. high. He was seven eleven from the field, two four from three. He was getting to his spots. He was getting the rim. He's he's a really good athlete, uh, which is going to be important for this team because they press so much. For him to have three steals, Ace I believe also had three steals. Uh, they were they were making Ohio State uncomfortable, right? And this was uh, this was difficult for Ohio State in an environment that maybe usually isn't great. Was louder than usual at the Bryce Jordan Center. Mm-hmm. I'll say that about about the crowd and everything. Um, but yeah, I thought those guys kind of really fed off of that energy, fed off each other's energy. Uh, we've talked about in the past too, like this team doesn't have an energy guy. It's only when the shots are falling that, that, you know what I mean? They also bring it on both ends of the court. Ace said as much after the game that that was true. And that, that, you know, that was something that they'd been working on fixing essentially, you know, and, and they, they were relying on each other to bring some energy and that they were kind of being more of a collective with that. Cause if you don't have that one guy, then everyone's got to do it, right? Like everyone's got to bring their little piece of it. And, and I thought they looked like they had, a lot more energy on both ends of the court on Saturday. And I think, honestly, we might look back at this this game as like the turning point for this team. There's at least the chance yeah. that that happens now after what could have been a really bad stretch. Yeah, I, it can be. And like you said, I think you mentioned earlier, I want to, they won the turnover war, which was huge. That's the, this is the team that we've been looking for. This is the Mike Rose team, the VCU pressing and forcing guys in a turnover. I think, I'm not sure the number, I think Ohio State made 18 turnovers. To it was sixteen eight. to eight. Sixteen, 16 to eight. Yeah. You know? So to win that turnover margin, especially by that many, you know, it is it is, is is tremendous because that's the team that we're looking forward to. The guys that are scrappy that are making these guys turn other other teams turn the ball over, which are leading to points. And I, I know that they were down early. You know, Penn State was down early, and those turnovers are able to help them and get back into the game. So you got to credit that as well. But that's the team that we've been looking for. That's the team that we've talked about since the beginning. The, the team that's going to put the most pressure on the other team as far as turning the ball over. And I, you said about the turning point, you know, I'm, I keep mentioning it. All it takes is one. And right now, like they got the one, you know, now, you know, I think it's finals week now. So you take care of your finals or whatever it might not be and just feed off that energy, feed off that win. You know, obviously you can't get too high. You can't get too low in a season, but understand that we did lose five games in a row. We did lose the Bucknell uh, and embarrassing loss. But we did not. We we won against Ohio State. So the next opponent, you know, Georgia Tech in Madison Square Garden, it's time for us to be able to show again the talk that we had before that, hey, we're going to surprise some teams and we're going to make some noise. And you've already done it now against Ohio State. Now it's time to take it to the next step and be able to do it now in one of the best venues in, in, in basketball in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And, and you mentioned, you know, getting that Big Ten win against Ohio State, mm-hmm. right? Like it's they're one and one in the Big Ten. And to me, the goal at Penn State is always get to 500 in the conference, wow. right? If you can get to 10 and 10, you've got a shot. I'm not saying this team's going to do that, but through two games, they split them, right? And that's what you want to yeah. do. Uh, so I think they need to try and stay on that track. I don't know that it'll happen, but being competitive at least will give you the opportunity to do that. They were really competitive on Saturday, obviously, getting that win. You mentioned Madison Square Garden, too. This is this is one of the things. It's finals week, right? They have uh, a week between games, so there's a little bit of a lull and you have to focus on some other stuff. They need to make sure that they're kind of on task 
this weekend, right? When they go to Madison Square Garden, because you can kind of get caught up, I think, in the in the in the arena and, and what it's like mm-hmm. to play there and everything. Uh, but they, you know, they, they have this week to kind of get right. And Mike Rhodes was asked after the game, like, is this a turning point? And he said, I'll let you know after Tuesday, right? And Tuesday was, I believe their first practice to see how they were doing. We'll talk to Rhodes again on Thursday to get a little bit of an update to see where they're at. But this game on Saturday means a lot, right? Like it's, it's one of three non-conference games they have left. Uh, they should win the other two against Lemoyne and Ryder, who are both over 285 in Ken Palm. I know the Bucknell game and everything, but they should win those two games. You know, this is a different team than the one that played a week ago, I think, already. But getting this game then allows you, you know, you're at four wins in a row, heading to a, into a matchup on the road against Michigan State, which is not going to be an easy game at all. But yeah. if you get four in a row after losing five in a row – and if you get one of those at a venue like MSG, I think it helps a lot, right? Like it allows you to feel like you can play anywhere. It's not a road game. It's closer to Penn State than it is Georgia Tech, but it is not at the BJC, right? Like they do have to travel for this. These kind of neutral slate games, I think, are a really good opportunity. But this is this is an arena unlike any other, right? And it's yeah. one that you've played in before and can, I know, speak to the mystique a little bit of, of what it's like to play in Madison Square Garden. Oh, you know, it's awesome as a, you know, as a pro, because now you're sitting there, you, you go in there, and you see all these these comedians, these actors, these stars sitting courtside checking out the Knicks and how crazy their fans are. They're like diehard. Like, you know, it's just like Knicks fans. It's just they have the, the New York attitude, the New York slang. It's just, man, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool to be able to go in there and compete against the Knicks and, and just have that thing full up. Like, it's dark around the seats. The lights are on the court. Everybody's sitting there watching, and then like, and just you just know the the history of the venue. You know, like this is the they call it the mecca of basketball. This is this is Madison Square Garden. So I know, and for Penn State, I think the last time they played in there was the year before I got there, where they were able to win the NIT NIT championship. So like, we have some history there in Madison Square Garden. So I think. I'm, I'm sure Rose is saying that as well. Hey, there's some history there. We got to take care of business. And this is a neutral site game against another great team in Georgia Tech, you know, in the ACC. I think this is, isn't it, John? It's a Big Ten ACC challenge. No, this is this is a uh, just oh, random just a schedule. They, they actually almost no. That last year was the last year of it, unfortunately. I don't like which, that. I love. That. Yeah, that's I a like that's that a com- we used to always win it. <laughs> yeah. That's a conversation for another day because I love the Big Ten ACC challenge, yeah. and I, I think it's a shame that it's gone too. But this is this game actually was going to be, I think, originally at State Farm Arena down in Atlanta, oh, in Atlanta and there was, yeah. I think, booking overlap, Mike Rhodes said. And mm-hmm. so they had to, he got on the phone with Damon Sotomayor, who's the head coach at Georgia Tech now, and found this as a nice solution. I think it would be, you'd be hard pressed to find anyone that would say no. You know what I mean? To, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, playing in MSG, but you mentioned the 2018, the 2018-18 team also played there and won the NIT. Uh, oh, so yeah, there's been, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? There's over the last 15 years, there's been two Penn State NIT titles there. And there's, yeah. like you said, some, some positive history for Penn State, but this is, it's pretty big, right? For a, a game that maybe won't be on many folks' radar outside of, you know, Penn State and Georgia Tech. I think this, mm-hmm. getting this win would go a long way in putting Penn State closer to where it wants to be right closer to that you and i talked about getting like 17 18 wins this year i think that yeah. winning this game brings that much more into focus than it was even and just ago. just to put it that you know sorry john to see we put it that it's not that the ohio state game wasn't a fluke like hey we are here you know we've had some bumps in the road and we bounced back like we're we're, we're bouncing back we're continuing to get better like I, I, I told you in every episode even last year with the team last year that you want to be the best team you could be at the end of the year 
and you don't take hits. You're going to take knockdowns and, and they've taken their severe of a knockdown with the Bucknell loss and then the five losses in a row, especially in the, in the tournament as well in Florida. So now it's time to, you know, stand back up and continue to keep fighting. So these guys right now, they got a big win on Ohio State, man. Now you got the opportunity in neutral site in a historic arena. Um, I'm sure it's going to be packed. I think, you know, some Penn State fans are definitely going to come out and travel because, you know, I think we have a great fan base in New York as well as it's close enough for Penn State to be able to get down there. We talk about holiday season time, too. A lot of people are off. And so I'm hoping there that, that Penn State will have a good um, fan section out there to be able to support those guys when they go out there and face against Amos Dottemeyer and, and, and Georgia Tech, which will be another different brand of basketball that they I don't know if they played against. I think there's going to be a different style which all that does is just prepare you for the different styles of the Big Ten. Well, and that's the thing. You mentioned getting ready for the Big Ten. That's the other reason why this is important, because they got to win this one and then those two relatively easy ones, and then you're in it. You know what I mean? Then it's Michigan State, and then it's Michigan at the Palestra, which, by the way, uh, you know, going to Madison Square Garden and the Palestra within like three weeks is a pretty cool run uh, for, for the team to get to play in both those places. Uh, but you know, it, it's, it's not going to be easy in the big 10 this year. Every team is in the top 100 of the Ken Palm rankings, except for Penn state right now, Minnesota is the next lowest at 88 and Penn state doesn't play them until late January. So it's going to yeah. be difficult, difficult night in and night out. So they need to get this kind of confidence going, uh, from a win at Georgia tech and they need to build off the win at Ohio state. And they kind of need all of this to come together now because, you know, you trip up between now and then, and then it's you know, you're, you're running uphill, uh, for a while at that point. So, uh, they're going to need this one. I think it's going to be a really important one. I am, I am personally looking forward to it, right? I won't be at Madison square garden this weekend, but I think it's going to be pretty indicative of what this season's going to be, right? Like it's, it's rare that you can point to games and be like, it's not even make or break, but this is kind of the inflection point. You know, it just tells us, are they closer to the team that lost to Bucknell? Are they closer to the team that beat Ohio State or are they in the middle? Uh, and yeah. I think, you know, competing against Georgia Tech and getting a win would go a long way in, in proving that they have a chance to make the NIT this year. Because I know fans always want to make the NCAA tournament. It doesn't seem like it's going to be within reach this year. But but I don't think like, I don't know, in, in the first year under a new head coach, I don't think like making the NIT is a bad thing, right? Like I think it's a, yeah. it's a good building block to getting to going where you want to go, especially for a program, as you know, it's been to the NCAA tournament three times in the last 25 years, right? Like the NIT bid can launch into something bigger. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not down at it at all. I think that I mentioned it just a second ago about being the best team you can be NIT, NCAA, whatever it might be. As long as you're playing the best basketball, you should be, you want to be playing at the end of the season. I think that's goes a long way when we talk about the team next year and, you know, where coach rolls and he wants Penn State basketball to go. Um, but obviously, it starts with the next game. You got to win the next game. You got to go out there and put your best foot forward. And right after that, you don't even want to. Like, I hate to even talk about, you know, we talk about NCAA and NIT. Like, we we got so much. We got a long way to go. A lot of games, like you said, they really haven't even gotten to the, the thick of things in the Big Ten. And, you know, I, you never know. You know what I mean? I've seen guys where, like, maybe the, those five games, maybe the Bucknell was just as big. You know what I mean? Changing point. And now we talk about, hey, Ohio, all we needed was one win. We got the one win. Now let's see what happens. Let's roll the dice and see, hey, you never know. We might, it might be 10 and 10 or it could be 12 and 8. You know, we, we, 
I, I'm where I'm willing. I'm I'm curious to see because I think we just don't know this team. Like I think that's part of the 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 negative too because we don't know what team we're gonna get. We don't know if they're gonna be locked in. Are they forcing? Are they gonna force turnovers today? Can they hit the three today? There's so many what ifs in this team and what ifs of what are gonna show up on the court. It's hard for us to predict. Like hey, you know what? Uh, you know they fall hard. You know then you, sometimes you can just say that hey we fall hard. We were just out man. We're outnumbered. We'll get them again another time. But for me, it's hard for me to see that because I don't know what team I'm going to get. I don't know. Like, you know, are you going to get all the way, like you said, against Ohio State or are you going to get the team against Bucknell? And I think I think that might end up being, you know, as strange as it sounds, like who this team is, right? Like I think not being one specific team is who they are, right? Like yeah, they're going to be yeah, oscillating yeah. back and forth between having these really high highs and these really low lows. And I think, you know, part of that is what happens when you get a first-year head coach, right? Like you just yeah. – you're kind of working your culture in players are getting used to you and you're looking at a transfer portal situation too, where everyone's pretty much new, right? Like you've got a couple guys familiar with roads. You've got a few guys familiar with Penn state and then everyone else is new and they're learning each other. And all those two groups are meshing with the new group of guys. And so I think it, I think it opens the door for, you know, really good losses and really bad wins in one year. Right. Like I think, you know, we saw this like a Shrewsbury's first year, they lost to UMass on the road. And I think like that was not indicative of Micah Shrewsbury's tenure, right? It was just yeah. a little blip maybe that, that, you know, okay, this is a team that's not going to be as consistent, but you know, a lot of these guys on this team can come back next year. Uh, a lot of these yeah. guys have remaining eligibility. So you're right. I don't think we know what this year is going to be, but I don't think the expectations have to be crazy high or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Like I think, I, agree. I think, Putting it in a spot where it's like, okay, year two now is where they can take off with Ace Baldwin yeah. if he decides to come back in a final year of eligibility. Kanye Clary in, in year three, his second year under Rhodes. DeMarco Dunn mm-hmm. is coming into a role. You know what I mean? Like you get these guys yes. as they're, they're, they're becoming like they're, – they're not just being individuals. Now they're an actual team and a program because right yeah. now it doesn't yeah. feel like it's – it doesn't feel like it's Mike Rhodes' program yet, right? Like it right. feels like it's – they're still figuring all of that out and what that's going to look like. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting no matter what though, because this is, uh, this is a different time where I think results are expected a little quicker because of the transfer portal. And so pressure will yeah. be on people no matter what. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you hear all the time, right. When guys put up numbers at one school and end up transferring to another school the next year, because they, they want to make the tournament immediately. Right. And so you have to, you have to monitor that always too. So I think that's, that's why getting these important wins is going to be crucial because they have to like show like, Hey, you can accomplish what you want to accomplish here too. Like it doesn't have to right. be, you know, you don't have to head somewhere else. You can get that done at Penn state. And I think if they get that buy-in, then you know what I mean? I don't want to say the sky's the limit, but they can be, you know, they can be an NCAA tournament team next year. They can, you know, continue to build off of what Micah Shrewsbury was doing last year. This is, I don't want to say it's as, as good of a team as ever, but it is a, a good collection of talent. Right. Like this yeah. is not a, a group of guys that lacks talent. And at the end of the day, sometimes that's just that's just going to win you basketball games. If they can figure out how to do it together, then then that talent can really get them going somewhere. Yeah, I agree. I, I, again, there's no ex- I, I'm not putting any expectations on this team because I know it's tough, you know, coming in new players, new team, new new college, new city. Like every it's a, everything is just new for this team that. Yeah, there's guys that came back, but those, those guys, now they're adjusting to the new coach. You said it. Everything is just going to be new. And I think just even now with college basketball, next year is going to be the same way. They're going to be new guys coming. You know what I mean? It's just so much. And with college basketball now, I, I believe the best teams, you know, I would I, I would love for people to do the study of the teams 
that stick together the longest. You know, that's always been stay get old and stay old. And and I think uh, we'll be curious to see who wins the national championship this year and go there and see who, how many players they've had that have been there the longest. Because obviously the best teams, for me, they're going to be the teams that know each other, teams that have played each other and know how to compete in, in, in that form from their coach. So um, we'll talk about that at the in, in the national championship and see who wins that, and, and we'll go back and do that study and see who stayed there the longest. Well, I think I think we saw that last year, right? Like with yeah. with last year's team, those guys they brought in some additions, but most of those guys were in at least their second year with the program, right? Like Funk right, was right. Uh, an addition late, but like guys like Pickett, guys like Lundy, guys like Dread, they knew each other and they knew exactly mm-hmm. what they. Uh, what they were trying to get out of there last year. And so they kind of, it came together. And that's the benefit I think of college basketball compared to something like college football, college football, you get 12 games. And if you lose once it's over pretty much, right? Well, twice now, I guess it's over. Uh, But in college basketball, you get, you get 30 games to figure it out. You get 30 games to figure out who you are. So you can add like a piece or two every year and you like build it up. Right. But you have to have, Mm -hmm. I think you're right. You have to have that core of guys that kind of knows who they are, knows what the program is, knows how to set the standard, knows how to do all that stuff. And I mean, you can, hell, you can speak from experience right now, right? Like you're going to a new place. You are going to play with new teammates. It's, yeah. it's not easy to make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. Oh, not at all. It's not easy, especially you come into a new place, leaving your family behind, and trying to adjust to new teammates, new players, new coaches, um, new city. You know what I mean? You're not able to have everything that you, that you're accustomed to with even for simple things that the things that you eat. You know, some of these guys, they're going to Penn State. Well, we got to change stuff up, man. You know what I mean, you know, it's it's different. Everything is different. The sleep, the people that you, you, you're around, the times of practice. And it's really just an adjustment just to be able to be able to adjust to that and be locked in. And, and like you mentioned, the team last year, they had one common goal. A lot of those guys were seniors. They were like, man, we got one goal. We got to go leave it all out there. And that's the same thing that's going to need to happen with this team and the next team and next year as well. Like, we got to come with this one goal. What's our goal? And let's chase that and and attempt to achieve that as hard as we can. Yeah, and you know we we've talked a lot about about this team. I don't know that there's a ton more to say this week, which is a weird spot to be yeah. in because like mm-hmm. they did only play you know one game since we last recorded since we did that pregame show, and they're only going to play one more time. Uh, you know of, of meaningful consequence. So I think we'll learn a lot. Uh, I don't know about you. I have been watching a ton of NBA. I was saying before we recorded, this is just who I am. Like I, I watched mm-hmm. too much basketball in general. Uh, I know you were watching the in-season tournament, at least because the, I think it was the last time we recorded, we both hopped off and went to watch Knicks bucks. I think it was yeah, uh, yeah. in, in one of the quarterfinals. I am curious. I've seen a lot of people complaining about the courts and everything like that. I don't know that you've ever played on a different colored court. Does that actually change anything when you're playing on it? Um, I don't know necessarily play, like the players. I don't think it bothers them. I don't. Would, were you hearing complaints from the players? I think the complaints is from the people watching. You know, what I mean, no, the I players, think everyone's really complaining. Do. Oh yeah, for me, like, it, like especially being overseas, like I played on some 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 great yeah. courts and I played on some terrible courts that like that have holes in them and you know what I mean. So like, <laughs> and then you know in, in Europe they have all these stickers and everything like it's crazy. Like last night I had yeah. a game and I just slipped and I'm looking. I'm like, is the floor wet? No, it's because they have the sticker and you know. So um, for the in season tournament, like I think it did its job. I think its job was to bring bring everybody together to be excited about NBA basketball earlier and before the playoffs. Because now it's become, hey, the best basketball is being played during the playoffs. 
So to have everybody focus, fans, players, coaches, everybody to be locked in, you know, like, hey, we have a chance to win, you know, win this tournament, which is awesome as well. We have a chance to play some type of playoff basketball, which prepares us for the playoffs. And there's a little incentive of making some money as well so that, that really changes some players' lives. So um, it did its job. Like, I, you know, I have no complaints about it. Okay, you can always say everything you do, you can always say, well, I can do this better or I can change the course better or I can eliminate the point differential or I can have it play East versus West or or whoever wins. Then I've seen I've seen reports that say whoever wins should get an automatic playoff spot, whoever wins. You know what I mean? So it's so many different things that everybody's going to have their opinion on. That's going to try to tweak. But at the end of the day, the the playoff, the play in playoff. What is it? The, the, uh, the in-season, the in-season sorry, tournament. Playing, yeah, yeah. The they need a better name for this. That's the first change. Exactly. Like they need a name other than the in-season crazy. tournament. Yes. IST is crazy. But the, the in-season tournament did its job. And um, you saw it because, you know, I mean, you saw how hard these teams competed. Like you saw how hard Indiana came out every night and competed to win their games. And they had to go through some 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 giants to get there. And that's and that was the cool thing for me to see. It, it kind of even brought like a, a college uh, Cinderella story because yeah. nobody expected Indiana to make it to the championship. They go through, um, who they go through Boston. They go through yep, Boston they went through first, Boston. They get Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and then had yep. to go take. Then, then they go. Um, they took on the Lakers, to the Lakers in the final. Yeah, right. yeah. you know. Well, so and they like, they had to beat the the Sixers and the Cavs in the in the group stage too. You know what I mean? Right. So they really exactly. ran it. Right. So that's like that Cinderella story you talk about in college when somebody's going through and they're knocking down all these powerhouses or the teams that are expected to win. So that was that was fun to watch. And then at the end of the day, you just saw how how dominant the Lakers were and how, how serious they took those games, because that is those are teams that when we think about basketball that, oh, maybe they take games off or, the, you know, the older teams like they rest right. their guys. But to see Braun and A.D. and all those guys go, go out there and compete at the highest level as to if they were playing in the playoffs. I think it, it, it brought a, a smile to Adam Silver's, Adam Silver's face as well as the fans, you know, being able to come up there and watch it and support, you know, and, and, root, and basically just root for their team. Yeah, and I think you nailed it, right? Like it was – it was successful, I think, a lot of because these guys bought in, right? Because those mm-hmm. guys were so invested in it. And I've seen a lot of people give the Lakers shit for hanging a banner with the, the year on it. That's fine. Like that's they the league wants this to have meaning. You yeah. know what I mean? It yeah. it's not gonna be in its own individual banner, like a, an NBA finals banner or anything, but it is like it's a nice banner with the year on it, right? To, to for times mm-hmm. they won the in season tournament. So and I, I think that's say, only gonna I I will say this, John, that I I don't think that's a Lakers decision. I think that's an NBA decision. I do too. <laughs> yeah, yes, that was. Yeah, I don't like, think that was a Lakers decision, but I do think the NBA wants to again to put pride into winning the NCAA yeah. tournament. So to be able to hang a banner, like if you now you flipping that to tell someone like and you know the Indiana, hey, we went through all this to win, we get to hang a banner, or teams that haven't won championships in a long time to be able to hang banners to show like. You know, man, we are, we're coming. Like, we're up and we, we started off a young team. Now we're coming as well, like, to be able to have some type of uh, – to be able to show some type of continuity and, and winning winning next in the program. Yeah, no, I, I think you're 100% right. And I think, you know, what you said earlier is right too. They're going to tweak this. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. not going to look like this next year. But I only think it's going to get better. They got the, the general part of it. They got it right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, they got people to care. They got people to watch. I was saying like I would move it to December and January because then you're really in the mm-hmm. middle of the season there. Because I watched the NBA in November because you're still like 
you're seeing guys on new teams. You want to see how they're playing yeah. and everything. I think you hit that law in like December and January mm-hmm. before the trade deadline and everything. And I think that's when you can really get guys to buy in, um, you know, and you can really get some, some added eyes on, on the sport and on, on the NBA in general. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was fun. Like I thought the courts were fine. Like I think people were complaining, but it's like, it's a good way when you turn the game on, like maybe you don't know that it's an in-season tournament game. You don't know that yeah. like Tuesdays and Fridays are the thing. It's a good way to indicate like, Hey, this is an in-season tournament game with this like bombastic red court. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it told you right away exactly what you were watching. So, uh, I thought it was really cool. I thought, you know, seeing guys buy in that quick, that early, uh, was really cool too. And, and playing, you mentioned the the intensity, like AD was going all out. You know what I mean? That whole yeah. game had an awesome final. Uh, it does kind of suck that there is no, uh, like those stats, the final stats don't count for the regular season. The rest of them do like the semis, the quarters and like the group mm-hmm. stage, those all count, but it's weird that AD has this massive game and it just doesn't like the stats just going yeah. like they happen just here, but they don't tried. count for anything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but no, I think I think overall it's it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I honestly like I think it was JB Bickerstaff from the Cavs mentioned like expanding group stage so you're playing each team twice like once at home and once on the road. We see that in European mm-hmm. soccer and like the Champions yeah, League yeah. and everything. I think that's a great idea, right? Like the the more the better. I think the 82 games is a really long season. You're not always going to get people to buy in, but I think this is the perfect way to do it uh and and honestly a really fun way to do it that the harm in it is negligible right it's like one extra game for two teams and that's it everyone else still playing 82 games uh and you know i like it and that's what's most important to me that i had fun yeah at the end of the day it it did its job like i said and 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 there there are going to be tweaks you know there are going to be changes and we don't even know how long this the the in-season tournament might be it might just be a five-year thing a 10-year thing or you know whatever it might be it might be something else that they decide to add on but you know, this year it did its job. And, you know, you can't do anything but speak highly about, you know, I think it's hard to go in and change things when in, about the NBA because the NBA yes. has been around for so long and this is exactly how it's been. This is how it's supposed to be. This is how we play 82 games. But to go in there and, and put your foot out there and to tweak things to try to see if it works or not, I think uh, Adam Silver's done a great job. Like he's, he's in season tournament and in the play in, he's got it to work you know i mean obviously there are going to be some people that are going to be feeling negative about it but he's done a good job as far as you know or at least the people have done a good job as far as um making it work yeah and who knows maybe we get some european teams maybe we get some g league teams they can nah. they can expand this bad boy make it make yeah. it uh you know like champions league <laughs> soccer like i said that'd be a lot of fun yeah. uh, i don't know how that works it's a good thing it's not my job to figure out how that works either though uh right. but I think uh, I think that's a good place to leave it this week. Mm-hmm. We've hit on hit on a lot today. I think you know you and I kind of talked a lot about how important this Saturday is, but it really is for Penn State. You know that Georgia Tech game is going to decide a lot. Uh, I think it is a noon tip, so that'll be uh, early, a little later for you because everything's a little later for you over in Greece. Uh, but looking forward to to hearing how you're playing over there. I'm sure it's going to go great. Uh, of course, you can find Tim on Twitter at TimPhrase23. You can find me on Twitter at, at John Sauber. You can find all of my work at centerdaily.com. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. See you.